Hello and welcome to episode number 24 of the At U2 podcast, the official podcast of AtU2.com, not the official podcast of U2.com that we're aware of yet. Um, we haven't got the signing contracts haven't been signed. <laughs> no, that's not even a sorry, I shouldn't even joke. <laughs> People will think I'm serious. Um, <laughs> I'm joined this week, this episode by Sherry. Hello, Sherry. Hello. You're speaking to me through a cloud of drugs and haze, just as hey. rock and roll. It's Bond. about time I started living the rock and roll dream, you know? A little bit of codeine, a little bit of mucinex, and a whole lot of flu. It's a great thing. <laughs> Hopefully there's no listeners out there who are like me. Whenever I, even just hearing or reading somebody tweeting about them being sick, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my throat actually kind of feels a little gross. And like, you know, I start that sort of, I think a little bit of, um, what's that called, where you're like worried about getting sick all the time. I forget what the official term is. Uh, hypochondriac? Yeah, a little bit of that. Just like a virtual hypochondriac maybe. <laughs> Where I feel like just by reading about it and talking to somebody on Skype, I'm going to get sick. But hopefully that's not the case. Got the virus protection in place. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be all good. I generally don't go around sniffing rock stars. Which also if helps. If you did, you might catch the Bono flu. Exactly. That would not be a good thing, Adam. Which actually, that's a, a segue right away here before we can get onto the regular podcast. But Seriously. It's amazing how I've, I was thinking through the tour how un, I know there was Bono was sick at one point, and, but not so sick that they had to cancel. Like for four people plus the crew, that a show like that goes on for as long as it did without anybody coming down with a serious like show canceling sickness, you know? I mean, we had. Well, there's some serious medication and some serious uh, protocol that goes into place when something like that happens. I mean, Bono was sick. Um, he just gets this this really thick syrupy thing and some hot tea and and uh, sworn from talking, which I know is hard. Yeah. But um, I remember uh, for Zoo TV, he was horribly sick um, in um, Albany. And the uh, the audience did most of the singing that night because he had no voice. And when he came into Hartford, they they, uh, they made comment about that during the show about uh, about the poor fans in Albany who got a sick band, yeah. you know. But but the show has to go on. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's I mean, short of uh, you know hospitalized, I guess, or whatever, it's kind of you can't cancel a show with that many people that. Are involved, and obviously they, we've seen in on the tour. We saw exactly how what it takes for a show to be canceled. Obviously, and um, act of God, act of terrorism, act of <laughs> those kind of things. I guess. Who, who do they think they are? Rihanna at the Grammys or something? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah, it was a rumor. Hey, she was sick, or I don't know if it's a rumor. Oh no, 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 no! Oh. She apparently had a hissy fit about something, and then used a a doctor's note to get around it. But then, but the day after she was found singing and sounding perfectly fine. Wow, so that's, gotcha. that's the latest on TMZ. <laughs> All right. Thanks for that. A segue, extra segue. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk about Grammys maybe, but um, before we get to that point there, it is just Sherry and I, in case you're waiting for another introduction, uh, if you're hoping for someone else to be on, it's just the two of us. So uh, sorry to disappoint or, or excite depending on <laughs> You it truly hope? is a YouTube podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, we, uh, I, th I think this was after we recorded last time. Fabiano, a uh, listener of the show, uh, posted an awesome tweet um, picture of himself, selfie, uh, listening to this show on it with his desk in the background. So, and you, he has probably, I think he wins so far the award for coolest desk, anyways, of anybody listening to the show. We've had some folks 
tweeting back pictures on the train or uh, various places around the world. But his desk is definitely worth checking out. Uh, a show, it'll be a link. It'll be oh, in the yeah. show notes, of course. We've got South Park. We got Family Guy. We've got um, uh, Big Bang Theory. We got Muppets. Uh, we got the Cleveland show. Um, let's see here. What else do we have? Angry Birds. Um, it is uh, Simpsons. It's a great desk. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's what the way he's sending that in and the way you can too, if you're wanting to, is you use the hashtag at U2 podcast, ATU2 podcast, and we'll track it down and, and uh, just kind of cool to see where folks are in the world when they listen to the show, either live sometimes if you're tuning in live. I think Fabiano is tuned in live right now. Um, and uh, But also you can obviously, whenever you're listening to the podcast later. So uh, I was joking, I think we should have a, a, a trivia thing or a prize for somebody who can name every single character on his desk in his photo. So <laughs> you'd have to probably use a few tweets to get all the names in, but uh you can try your best anyways. Um, where you can find the show notes, if you're curious at all, if this is your first time listening, goodstuff.fm slash ATU2 slash the episode number, which in this case is 24. So uh, anyways, we um, where are my show notes here? I'm all flustered here, trying to checking out Fabiano's desk. Um, you wanted to mention something else that's happening. Yeah. Um, um, I was watching uh, PBS the other night, and, and American Masters had a, a special episode on B.B. King, The Life of Riley, which was phenomenal. Um, and it's currently available for viewing on the PBS website through, um, I think it's March 10th, and I think um, we'll put the direct link in in the show notes. But, you know, with it being uh, February 18th, it reminded me that on February 15th of 2005 in Mississippi, it, it was um, uh, the proclaimed B.B. King Day, which is pretty cool. So um, for, for his uh, home state to... Um, uh, um, celebrate him in such a way after all that he he went through in his life. You know, it's 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 a huge loss uh, to no longer have him with us. Um, Bono had had made mention that BB was the same age as his father, so uh, when he toured with. You two during the Love Town tour, you know, it was kind of like having a cooler dad on the road type of thing. But uh, uh, Bono's got a few really good lines in the um, in the episode. One where uh, it clearly appears that it's it's some genius quote that Bono's saying about BB King, saying, you know, for true greatness to take place, that requires a long obedience in the same direction. And of course, there's no footnote there to say that that isn't an original quote from Bono that came from Nietzsche. But what are you going to do? You know, (laughs) (laughs) every artist is cannibal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, so uh, uh, I highly recommend folks check that out. uh, I'll mention goes that. into goes into detail a little bit about um, the making of when love comes to town too, which is fun. Oh, nice! It's uh, it definitely does not load for me. It gives me the this video is not available in your region due to right oh, restrictions. Oh no! So so, so um, it's available in in, um, in the U.S. Yeah. However, you can order the DVD. Um, if you are interested in purchasing the episode, which if you're a music junkie like I am, um, it is well worth the investment. It's a great episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not that you shouldn't buy them. There's, you know, people have ways to, (laughs) 
I'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> there was uh, is there anything else before we get into the inbox that you wanted to to mention? Oh, virtual reality stuff. You, oh, you yeah, mentioned, uh, yeah. So, um, um, enemy. Uh, posted on its blog, let's see here, uh, yesterday, which had been Feb 17, because um, we're recording on the 18th, don't know when we'll go live or when you're listening to it, but <laughs> yesterday, uh, about is virtual reality the future of music video, using U2 as the uh, poster child band for uh, the use of virtual reality, which is interesting that it's starting to gain traction within some of the more, um, if you can call enemy a mainstream music uh, uh, publication, but uh, to see it in in print in other places, you know, I I have written about uh, the whole virtual reality uh, vibe in last month's OTR, and uh, I'm I'm happy to see that other people are feeling the same way. Um, I remember when MTV first came out that uh, it was a new genre and, and, and they were just looking for content. They would play anything because they needed content. And now that virtual reality is this new genre and they're looking for content, YouTube has really positioned themselves beautifully to, hey, you need content, we'll give it to you. Um, and, and, it's, and it's getting into the uh, uh, hands and the eyes and the, and the uh, ears of a buying public who, if you can afford virtual reality, you can afford to buy their next album. So yeah. I thought that that was kind of a... Uh, a uh, neat thing that if NME is now starting to report on it, that maybe it might actually happen in 2016. Yeah, it's one of those things that uh, if you've been around tech at all and and or a nerd back in the day or whatever, or still I'm still a nerd, but like VR has always been sort of this thing out on the horizon somewhere that's coming, um, and it never quite lives up to the expectations. And so even now for me, like I hear about it and it's like, okay, yeah, here we go again. Another round of like, we're all going to have goggles and it's going to be this amazing thing. And then you put it on and it's like worse than Pac-Man or whatever. But, um, you've seen, you saw the, the bus, the, uh, I forget what it was called, the Apple YouTube the, bus. The, um, experience tour. bus. Yeah. yeah. You actually got to experience the, <laughs> the VR experience, right? With Matt, I think. And we posted. Yeah. The video I got on that. the bus, but then we also have a, um, um, uh, a gear VR system that our Samsung phone phones go in. Um, not that we're getting paid for product placement. <laughs> that's what we own. Uh, Samsung because- call me. <laughs> we can pay us for product placement. <laughs> if you're a YouTube fan, you have to have the Edge phone. Right. I, I mean, <laughs> not that I'm going to be buying Toyota's U2 car anytime soon. So, um, so to be able to experience it on the experience bus, then come home and be able to sit in my rotating office chair and spin around in the privacy of my own home office. Yeah. Um, I I quite like the uh, privacy aspect of it, but it was funny. Um, my daughter's birthday was last week, and we shared the virtual reality stuff with my mom and my stepfather. My grandmother wouldn't do it, which I was very disappointed, but it lived up to every expectation that it could win a $10,000 award on America's Funniest Home Video. It, 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 it will not really work with that older generation. <laughs> You know what? You know what else I don't like? Yeah. Okay, Matt. Yeah, we know. 
<laughs> no, Matt's been on record as, as really enjoying it too. And so we won't, uh, yeah. we won't misquote him or take him out of context there too much. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, in, and we've, yeah, we also got a chance to even, even if you didn't have a special fancy phone, you could still try it out on your, uh, your regular phone and sort of move it around and, um, at least experience it a little bit. And, um, so it's exciting to see. I'm, I'm still skeptical that as to how this is going to be like an album packaging experience that they're going to send out to everybody in that, cause you know, like some percentage of time that you actually listen to music, you're not sitting in a chair. You're, I mean, you might be sitting in a chair because you're working or whatever, but you know, driving the car, et cetera. And so to put all that work into this experience that won't, will be 10% maybe or whatever the amount of time you listen to the music well, seems kind of funny, well, but I mean, I feel to- pretty confident that it's going to be released both in audio and in the video right, and yeah. probably will be released all at the same time with one magic push of a button again, probably. Yeah. Um, but, you know, going back to what they were saying back when Songs of, uh, Son- Songs of Innocence first came out, that they want the next release, which would be this one, to give the... Um, uh, um, a new perspective on on liner notes for for you to have album art in in a in a new way to and of course if it's songs of experience yeah no better you know time. they want you to experience what what their vision is behind the song now all that I can hope is is it's not like the films of innocence where all of a sudden I'm wearing this VR gear and I have a crap load of wolves coming after me <laughs> um, you you know, because then it might have to be sponsored by Depends. <laughs> right. Well, there is uh, Bono still involved, I think, with or through Elevation Partners or something. There's some video game company that I think that he was involved with. So maybe they'll tie that back in and recoup some of those costs and put out the U2 songs or video game of experience. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. What I would love for them to do is to, um, and I don't know how the technology would allow them to do it, but for them to to release U2 3D in yeah. in VR, yeah. that would be incredible yeah definitely yeah there's a funny joke that went around twitter i'm sure if you've paid attention at all to some of the stuff with the iphone and the fbi in the states and a tweet that went around saying if if the fbi wants to get onto everybody's phone why don't they just contact somebody like you too who've already done that (laughs) managed to get onto everybody's phone no problems um anyway well there are a lot of irish policemen you know (laughs) uh we'll move on to the inbox we have a few questions so if you want to submit questions or comments whatever for the show uh hashtag ask at you too is where you can send that in and we'll try and grab that and Grab that? Is it catch that? Grab that and uh, use it on a future show. So, first up is at uh, Rohod sixty seven asks, "Have you heard the cover of a sort of homecoming by Till at Till December? Do you have a fave U two cover?" And uh, I have definitely heard it. Um, they officially released the video for this, I think, a couple weeks ago. I forget when it happened exactly, but um, it's worth checking out. I, I tweeted something to the effect of like a sort of homecoming is a as a musician, anyways, a guitar player is like the song that you don't really want to try because it's just kind of one of those U2 songs to me that I don't really want to touch and destroy, but they do a, such a great job of it. I tweeted enthusiastically and shared it all over the place, trying to get more views for them. Um, they're a band out of Scotland, I believe. Um, and yeah, I think they did a great job of, of that. It's, it's a interesting sort of s- slowed down ish kind of version of the song, but, um, yeah, well, we'll put out a link in the show notes. You guys can check it out. I don't want to play it here cause we don't want to risk any sort of licensing, sewage 
suing sewage i guess that's not what i meant well you know we we don't want the crap to start flowing yeah exactly that i think it works both ways there chris but yeah how about you what's your Um, i guess have you heard that and then what do you you have a yeah they they did a beautiful job with that um uh, my fave u2 cover is um the fly but done by two different acts. One um, is um, the Gavin Friday, because I just love that, yeah, that version one. of it. But um, a band called the Joshua Trio also did it. And they did it like a, um, like a country uh, uh, number, oh. uh, which is really, really clever. They, they, uh, they released it on a cassette single back in the early 90s in limited quantity. Um, they did, uh, um, and then the B side was, uh, uh, like a spaghetti Western version of where the streets have no name. Right. Yeah. Um, but that was an outfit out of Dublin. Uh, I believe they were even featured in propaganda. So, um, those are my two favorite, um, covers of the same song. We'll see if uh, I'm just trying to load because on the I have the YouTube video linked in the show notes and it says you can download an MP3 of this from their blog townfullofloser's.com but it looks like that's another URL that doesn't work anymore unfortunately, um, so it may not be available but you can definitely hear uh, I won't play it again just for reasons but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure if you go to um, YouTube yeah it plays off YouTube I mean I mean they've got everything on YouTube yeah. <laughs> Um, the, for me, the, I want to say the, um, I was just pulling it up. The album, actually that same album, the Actung Baby, I don't know how we say it out loud, but, um, (laughs) from, um, Q. Yeah. Is that where, who put it it out or whatever? But, um, yeah, the, the, um, why, you know what? I hate iTunes. I'm just going to say that right now. (laughs) I just want to see the album. (laughs) Sorry. That's a little bit of uh, Apple complaining um on the show the um the jack white's cover of uh, love is blindness on there i kind of like oh. which doesn't everybody doesn't love i know it's not everybody's favorite but i really like his uh version of that and um and then also like there's a there's 101 versions of one out there but i actually i honestly i'm sure there's some really bad ones i haven't heard any really really bad ones i don't get tired of hearing different people's interpretations of that and actually also ultraviolet i don't really love the killers version of it on that album but any other more acoustic you know sort of just different spin on that song um although really the ben stiller show take on um um one with the lucky clovers oh <laughs> i don't remember <laughs> if i saw that one <laughs> i'm rather fond of that yeah <laughs> Once you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, I'm sure everything. Oh, they've even got. Uh, wait a second. We might have just had an interesting tie-in because the I'm just watching on YouTube here. He's got. He's in the like the fly gear. It's from 2006, so it predates the Songs of Experience or the Innocence and Experience tour. But what's swinging above his head? Yeah, it's a light bulb. Yeah, it's a light bulb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, from the um, Rockymentary. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyways, we'll, uh, before I get sucked down the uh, YouTube rabbit trail, I'll turn that off. Um, the days before Blue Steel and Maverick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At New Wave Dame asks, any news on that HBO documentary? Did I miss something? Um, Sherry, any, no, any news? I didn't miss anything. No, 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 no. Um, 
you figure that they've got almost a full year plus of footage, um, uh, especially seeing as uh, they were interviewing Bono uh, after the bike accident. So that would have been, you know, November, December of um, 2014. So you figure that they're still editing it down and then the band's got to watch watch it then comment on it and then trash it and then they have to start all over again because they're perfectionists um so uh it's my theory and i've and i've put it out there to um people who might be in the know who could shed some light on it but it's my theory that uh we'll probably see it around the time when their next campaign begins uh, for the new album, potential tour dates and stuff like that, to have that as a um, content piece to uh, generate enthusiasm. HBO is still on as a, um, as, as the uh, uh, producer for it, along with, um, um, and Davis Guggenheim is, is still attached to it. So I'm sure that it's just a matter of time uh, before we end up seeing it, I thought it was pretty um, uh, uh, interesting when it was first announced in July that the documentary would air the week before the um, the Paris show, and of course that announcement came out before the uh, uh, Ireland dates were were announced. So, how can you do a documentary about? you know, yeah. wanting to go home and not include going home, you know, that especially when, when it's called you two finding home, um, it would seem like it's missing something like home. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I'm sure that we'll, we'll perhaps see it by the end of the year. But if I find out anything different, I will notify everybody accordingly. Yeah. There's a little site called at you2.com. You can be sure we'll be trumpeting it loud and loud and proud i guess when yeah, <laughs> when we hear yeah, something yeah it might end up in bits and bites or something <laughs> uh, next up uh Fabiano Nomad. I was trying to think of. I've I've butchered his name many times on the on the show, so I was trying to think of a third or fourth or fifth or sixth way, but I just thought I'd play it straight this time. Ask what is the best? Oh, <laughs> from a U two song, Pride, Sunday Bloody Sunday, Vertigo, Unknown Color. Um, I'll just say mine quickly that came to me when I was list or thinking about the answer to this, and I'd, I'd have to go back and listen to shows and stuff, but just off the top of what the intro to the last tour of, of uh, the miracle of Joey Ramon, um, just the way that it sort of starts off the show to me still gives me a little bit of chills thinking about it. It's not the most like emotional, deep impact. Cause it's just like the show has just begun, but, um, just the Bono's way of, and U2's way of, of involving the audience with such a obvious, a fairly simple lyric, obviously, <laughs> but as is a great way, I think to sort of get right off the bat of the show to say, Hey, you're, you're part of this with us here. We're not just singing at you. You're going to sing along kind of thing. So, um, how about you, Sherry? Well, I think the ladies will agree with me when I say mysterious ways. And yeah, you put, I'm trying to, I, I'm picturing the song live anyways or whatever. Well, well, I'm not going not gonna, to no. sing it in. I was trying to bait you in, into singing. No, 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 no. I may be heavily medicated, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, but it is interesting though, that, that it seems like Bono gravitates to the O vowel when it when it comes to the songs um uh that i guess you've got the the um ease of of 
saying it, but, you know, thinking through that there are so many songs that you can turn to with that particular um, yeah. sound in order to get the entire crowd into um, into the tune. You know, um, when, when Bono spoke to... Um, uh, a small group of, of people, which I was lucky enough to be a part of for um, the Times Talks in New York City in, in 2003 uh, uh, during audience Q&A. I actually asked him about that, about, um, about the difference between lyricists and poets and, um, and then also about the, um, uh, what, what the difference is uh, with the musicality. And so, um, um, in the at you two article, I, I had, um, um, written that his answer was, was, was quite thorough touching upon the issue of rhythm. He said that lyric writing incorporates rhythm from other musicians and that there is great care in making the words match what the music is telling it. Poetry cannot be put to music half the time. You can write vainly, oh, this is a good line, but it wouldn't be good for the music, he said, describing the difference. Then he explained that as lyric writing styles to hold on to the vowel sounds for added power, you know, like in the name of love, it's like that. He, um, he described, he said that on earlier albums, he sounded like a girl when trying to hold on to notes in the early days. And he said, that's why I started smoking cigars and putting my voice through reverb and other things to try to make it sound better. So, so you know, you think about that vowel sound and, and what he's looking for is, is, um, is um, singing power. So I don't know if the vowel sound is, is the singer's Napoleonic complex or something. <laughs> yeah, but it definitely makes sense. Once you, in hindsight, you sort of think about it, obviously it is, it is kind of easy to sing along to. And even if you're not a singer at all to sort of grab that vowel sound and, and shout it out at the top of your drunken lungs or what, or medicated <laughs> lungs, whichever the case may be. Or both. <laughs> or both. Exactly. <laughs> if you're not following doctor's orders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So cool. That's the end. We'll close the mailbag, the inbox for now. Um, like I said, if you want to send in questions or, or comments for the show, use hashtag ask at you too on, on the Twitter and we'll, we'll grab that and, and use it in a future show. Anything and anything is, is fair game as far as what you want to bring up or topic or question or whatever about at you com itself. If there's questions you have about that or just obviously the band and anything that relates to it and, and our, our thoughts, comments and, uh, and, uh, stuff. <laughs> How do I get out of this? Let's go on to the round table, which isn't as, quite as round. It's more just a square table because there's the two of us. <laughs> but uh, we, uh, Sherry, you had a, an interesting little uh, article up here on an interesting little website called u2.com. This yeah, you while. know, I, I've got a, because of, of the amazing lack of money that uh, we get paid over at, at U2, I needed to freelance for, again, an amazing lack of money because <laughs> you don't get paid for this stuff either. Um, yeah, I was um, asked a few months ago to contribute a playlist to u2.com, which was amazing because um, up to that point, there were only 15 people who, uh, over the course of, I think, 11 years, who had been uh, asked to participate in such a way. Matt McGee uh, uh, is one individual who who was asked to participate several years ago, which was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. So um, in researching what the other playlists were like, I didn't really want to copy anybody, but at the same time... Um, uh, I thought about it 
in terms of the Innocence and Experience tour uh, with there being a narrative and that, you know, there was, um, uh, if the band was putting themselves out there and telling their story, um, I felt that this would be a great opportunity to put myself out there and explain my fan story from the beginning of my YouTube fandom all the way up to today um, using the playlist as the... um, as the vehicle to do that. And, uh, it, it was incredibly gratifying to, um, put it out there knowing that, um, I put a lot of personal stuff into it and to have so many people respond back with, um, a lot of positivity and, and, uh, and, uh, thanks for putting into words what I can't describe type of thing. So, that that meant a great deal to me, you know, just just being Joe average soccer mom fan, you know, um, but but at the same time, uh, having the um, the band make such an impression on my life that it's shaped me uh, from a very tender age to the person that I am now. There really isn't an aspect of, of my life from age 16 on that you two hasn't been a part of. So, um, so I hope that that came across in the, um, in the article and it is a subscriber only piece. Um, being a, yeah, uh, being a, a, a supporter of, of the fan club and being a paid subscriber to the fan club. Um, I'm I'm um, happy that it is behind the paywall, so that it is something special for um, for the subscribers. So I don't know if you know at a at a later time down the line uh, we'll um, re uh, uh, republish it on on at. I know that Matt would like that to happen, but you know this is this is special um, for the band. They asked me to do it um, through through their people. It, it wasn't like Larry, <laughs> you know, cornered me behind a, uh, 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 behind a building and said, oh, okay, punk, yeah. you're going to write this for me and I'm not going to pay you a damn cent, you know? Not uh, again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's worth, it's worth mentioning, I guess we get, we don't, we won't reveal all the, the, the whole playlist or anything, but there's definitely some interesting cuts on there that I noticed too, that sort of stuck out as for me anyways, personally are, are some of my favorite U2 songs. And, and this, this isn't necessarily, like you said, isn't like your top 10 favorite songs but it's sort of like your journey as a fan or becoming a fan and then you know obviously as a fan um but particularly for me north and south of the river has always been one of my favorite u2 songs that obviously doesn't really get played a lot or or heard a lot but um that one and then also um the what was i gonna say i'm just scrolling through here the where was it falling at your feet was the other one too which i've loved too on it from the million dollar hotel soundtrack yeah uh, i'm a big fan of 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 the deeper cuts um because that's where their their artistry lies you know i see the stuff that gets played on the radio as the invitation in but it's getting deeper into the discography where you you get to realize the artists that are you two and not just the commercial artists. This is the artistry that they're um, uh, presenting to us. So, you know, there's been in, in, in fan circles for quite a long time, um, uh, questions about why when the Joshua tree um, remaster came out 
that would have been a perfect opportunity to put the little orphan song Wild Irish Rose on there as like an Easter egg or something along those lines because that was something that that was done um, for the sound and vision influence of Irish music, uh, which was then renamed Bringing It All Back Home, which was uh, 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 broadcast in Ireland but also on PBS long, long time ago. And it's a beautiful song. Um, but you know, it's been orphaned in the, in the U2 catalog. And so I wanted it to, to be acknowledged as, as, a as being a vital piece to, um, to that discography. So for, for the folks behind the scenes at U2.com to not only, uh, uh, agree with me, <laughs> But to go the next step and actually provide the audio of the song, which which you know uh, uh, they 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 haven't really acknowledged before, um, I well, felt like this was a good opportunity f- for me to introduce um, different tracks to the um, YouTube fan base who may not be familiar th- with these types of tracks. Yeah, and it's interesting just that you said that. I was just looking at the the list, and they do have like YouTube embeds for some of them, and particularly that one, and then YouTube or She's a Mystery to Me, which is funny in a way because they both are not like from any sort of official YouTube YouTube account, and would generally be in the thing in the fall into the range of like songs that would get or videos that would get pulled from YouTube fairly quickly because they don't you know you're not the licensed owner, so get it off, or else YouTube would you know a band or whatever would claim license and then sell their album, you know, linked from the, the, the video or whatever. So it's kind of this weird, you know, and I'm, I know it's just, well, they must've had to have gotten permission from, um, I mean, for, she's a mystery to me that was written by, yes, yeah, Roy Orbison, uh, but it was performed by Orbison. Yeah, or for, yeah. So, so, um, the video that they used is from the Brooklyn bridge, uh, uh, the promotional concert that they did for how to dismantle atomic bomb. Yeah. Um, and 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 uh, and uh, further down, I um, reference um, Nancy Griffith, the um, the uh, uh, folk artist, with a song called "This Heart" off the album Flyer, um, because you know U two has collaborated with so many different artists in so many different ways. Um, my friend Lisa, uh, the, who lives about an hour north of me, um, she put together this. Um, this uh, uh, compilation called A Busman's Holiday um, with a lot of help from, from a few other uh, friends in the, in the Boston area of nothing but the band's collaborations. And so um, listening through to how, um, how U2 sound has, has ebbed and flowed and changed, you can, you can tell the little hints of what they picked up on in different recording sessions with the different artists that they've worked with. Yeah. And that's where I think it's, it's funny, like, and maybe that's why they linked to those particular YouTube videos because they don't have them anywhere online. And so U2 themselves doesn't have to like this, in this case, like the Wild Irish Rose is posted by Jan Klopp in 2013, whoever he or she might be. And there is a standard YouTube license on it. Anyway, it's just curious interesting thing as far as licensing and stuff because i know i have a i've posted many videos on youtube in various forms with various things and and i posted one the other day that was like within minutes i got a license notice because it had like a 30 second clip of a you of a not youtube song but a a song that was in itunes and so it i either could refuse it and pull it down or they'd 
slap the link to iTunes and other places to buy the music and then I could keep using it or whatever. So just curious. It's just fun. I, I wonder sometimes how those discussions happen behind the scenes or probably don't in this case. It just was, you know, they just posted it and, and maybe somebody, <laughs> some licensing person will listen. This will be the one episode they listen to and they're like, hmm. Maybe I should well, look <laughs> well, no, no, no. Sorry if we get I anybody think, in trouble. <laughs> I think that um, the team behind the scenes, because I had submitted this to them back in November, and it finally got posted, you know, about a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that they did go through and get f- formal permissions from the Orbison Estate, from um, uh, Griffin's people. Um, in order to put it up there so that, because I mean, this is behind a paywall. So people are paying for access to these particular tracks. So I'm sure that they had to get, um, granted special permissions, but then again, members of the band performed on those tracks. So I'm sure that it, (laughs) that there weren't too many, uh, uh, hula hoops for them to jump through. Yeah, no, exactly. (laughs) All right. Yeah, no, it's, it's an, it's a great list. And, um, and like we said, but it was an absolute honor to be able to write it. I'm I'm still floored that it actually uh, uh, happened, and um, you know the picture. Uh, I wish they would have cropped it better because it because <laughs> it kind of looks like a, I'm like a, a a creepy voyeur just just poking over the uh, um, ledge. Although it does indeed show just how damn short I am. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I'll testify to anybody who isn't a paid member that you can actually see Sherry's full face in the actual posting. It's not just that they didn't have enough frame in the camera to go low enough to fit Sherry. <laughs> but I've got my, um, my, um, YouTube hand, handprint, uh, um, lithograph in in the background. I got my I love the Dalton Brothers bumper sticker. Yeah. I've got my three inch squeaky nun, my um, autographed uh, uh, foam lemon uh, picture of uh, Bono holding up an MIT hat from when he um, dropped in to meet with the uh, 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 MIT Poverty Lab while I was working at MIT, and and I have a few other. Uh, uh, little gems in the background as well, uh, just to show off my geeky fandom. <laughs> Not as good as um, Fabiano's desk, mind you, but you yeah. know, <laughs> I got I got to represent somehow. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. And and for anybody who's like, I'm just a recent paid subscriber. Uh, thanks to special friend who's out there if you're listening. But uh, the you do get to go back to previous years posts and stuff like you mentioned. It's been they've been doing this for a while. Like Matt McGee's posts that's uh, from a while ago. Other people, Willie Williams. Uh, I had the list, but I can't find it now. But um, Knife Lee. Yeah. Um, Neil Neil Stories in there. Um, Olaf uh, Tyrannison from um, Hot Press. You've got. Kathy Gilfelden, uh, uh, who is also known as um, Mrs. Paul McGinnis, um, she's in there, and, and um, a few other industry insiders. Um, you've got Catherine Owens, John uh, John Noble, also known as Big Wave, um, did one. So you know you've got a nice mix of industry insiders. You've got fans. You've got music journalists. And so, you know, I'm in very, uh, uh, very esteemed company, even, um, Fernanda, um, Bocini, um, did one as well a a few years ago. So, you know, I don't have those types of stories where, um, and when Bono was at my birthday party and he whispered the song in my ear and, and it was really special. I don't have anything like that, but I did my best. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, it's awesome. And that's, yeah, uh, Caroline from U2Log.com. That's, yeah. She was in there from a few years ago before she had her U2 epiphany or revival. I don't know what she'd call it, but. Uh, <laughs> or or uh, plain old common sense. <laughs> like, I got it. I got to step away for a little while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All the pay and, and glory that you get from running a U2 fan site just became too much, I think. <laughs> <laughs> now, no. now um, um, she put in a lot of effort with um, U2 Log, and uh, I'm forever grateful to uh, to uh, everything that she provided to the fan community for all those years and continues to do. Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, I wouldn't be, I don't think I would be involved with at U2.com if it wasn't for Caroline uh, getting me hooked up with help, helping her out. I, was, I would have been like, I don't We got to get Von B on one of I know, we path, will. Sir. We definitely will. She's on my list, and uh, and uh, actually, we'll send uh, thoughts, prayers, etc., to her. I know she's dealing with some some stuff right now, and just uh, send thoughts out to her. And uh, but yeah, we'll wrap up the show. Uh, we'll be back. We're doing it every couple of weeks. If you haven't figured it out, it isn't sort of random. It is every couple of weeks right now, just when the band is off uh, and not doing quite as much. Um, and so uh, obviously if things change, then our schedules will probably change as well. But that's why we're sort of going every couple of weeks right now. As far as our live recordings, typically we do that Wednesdays or Thursdays. We'll post to the uh, YouTube Twitter account, of course. Um, you can follow Sherry at at you to com 360, right? No. No. <laughs> to, at you to, no, no. You, you say it probably. It's probably better than me. <laughs> Destroy. <laughs> yeah, right now. <laughs> Drugs dot you two dot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Cut. Um, at you to come, Sherry. There we go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you got me all choked up, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's my thing. It's my shtick to butcher people's Twitter names on yours. So I can't not do that to yours as well. Um, but yeah, at you two doc or at you two is where you can follow the at you com site on Twitter, which we'll be posting obviously when we're recording live and you can listen in, join in the chat room as, uh, this afternoon when we're recording, there's just a couple of folks cause, uh, it's not our usual time. We often record Wednesday evenings, which is a little more fun, lively. Um, and, uh, also, you can follow along on Facebook, facebook.com slash ATU2com if Facebook is more your speed. And like I said, hashtag ask at U2 is where you can send comments, questions. And I think that the next podcast, we may be ready to talk about the big U2 fan survey. Oh, sweet. We may be ready to uh, unleash the Kraken on that one. So <laughs> that's a little preview of a coming attraction. All right. And uh, if you want to listen and uh, listen to back episodes past the, the deep catalog cuts of <laughs> the YouTube podcast, you can do that at goodstuff.fm slash ATU2. All previous 23 episodes are there. We're in iTunes. If you feel like leaving a rating or review in iTunes, it helps get the word out about the show to other listeners on there. Or your podcast player of choice might have a favorite or a share button that all all that kind of stuff helps uh just get the word out and get other fans aware of the show is which is kind of what we want to do so in the meantime i guess sherry we'll wrap it up for now and uh we'll see who's back next week we might have a full round table next week but we'll see hope or in two weeks is that oh two weeks yeah sorry <laughs> oh i might be getting sick better cut it off <laughs> okay folks thanks for listening talk to you again next time bye